Chapter Twenty Two of A Son at the Front. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mary Lou in New York City. A Son at the Front by Edith Wharton. Chapter Twenty Two. Two days later, to Campton's surprise, Anderson Brandt appeared in the morning at the studio. Campton, finishing a late breakfast in careless studio garb, saw his visitor peer cautiously about, as though fearing undressed models behind the screens or empty beer bottles under the tables. It was the first time that Mr. Brandt had entered the studio since his attempt to buy George's portrait and Campton guessed at once that he had come again about George. He looked at the painter shyly, as if oppressed by the indiscretion of intruding at that hour. It was my Mrs. Brandt who insisted when she got this letter, he brought out between precautionary coughs. Campton looked at him tolerantly. A barrier seemed to have fallen between them since their brief exchange of words about Benny Upshur. The letter, as Campton had expected, was a line from George to his mother, written two days after Mr. Brandt's visit to Saint-Minoul. It expressed, in George's usual staccato style, his regret at having been away. Hard luck when one is riveted to the same square yard of earth for weeks on end, to have just happened to be somewhere else the day Uncle Andy broke through. It was always the same tone of fluent banter, in which Campton fancied he detected a lurking stridency, like the scrape of an overworked gramophone containing only comic discs. Ah, well, his mother must be satisfied, Campton said, as he gave the letter back. Oh, completely, so much so that I've induced her to go off for a while to Biarritz. The doctor finds her overdone. She had got it into her head that George had been sent to the front. I couldn't convince her to the contrary. Campton looked at him. "'You yourself never believed it?' Mr. Brandt, who had half risen, as though feeling that his errand was done, slid back into his seat and clasped his small hands on his agate-headed stick. "'Oh, never!' "'It was not,' Campton pursued, "'with that idea that you went to San Minou?' Mr. Brandt glanced at him in surprise. "'No, on the contrary.' "'On the contrary?' I understood from, from his mother that in the circumstances you were opposed to his asking for leave, thought it unadvisable, that is. So as it was such a long time since we'd seen him, the we, pulling him up short, spread a brick-red blush over his baldness. Not longer than since I have, but then I've not your opportunities, Campton retorted, the sneer breaking out in spite of him. Though he had grown kindly disposed toward Mr. Brandt when they were apart, the old resentments still broke out in his presence. Mr. Brandt clasped and unclasped the knob of his stick. I took the first chance that offered. I had his mother to think of. Campton made no answer, and he continued. I was sorry to hear you thought I'd perhaps been imprudent. There's no perhaps about it, Campton retorted. Since you say you were not anxious about the boy, I can't imagine why you made the attempt. Mr. Brandt was silent. 
he seemed overwhelmed by the other's disapprobation and unable to find any argument in his own defense i never dreamed it could cause any trouble he said at length that's the ground you've always taken in your interference with my son campton had risen pushing back his chair and mr brant stood up also they faced each other without speaking i'm sorry mr brant began that you should take such a view it seemed to me natural when mr jorgenstein gave me the chance jorgenstein it was jorgenstein who took you to the front took you to see my son campton threw his head back and laughed that's complete that's really complete mr brant reddened as if the laugh had been a blow he stood very erect his lips tightly closed as a shut penknife he had the attitude of a civilian under fire considerably perturbed but obliged to set the example of fortitude campton looked at him at last he had mr brant at a disadvantage their respective situations were reversed and he saw that the banker was aware of it and oppressed by the fear that he might have done harm to george he evidently wanted to say all this and did not know how his distress moved campton in whose ears the sound of his own outburst still echoed unpleasantly if only mr brant would have kept out of his way he would have found it so easy to be fair to him i'm sorry he began in a quieter tone i dare say i'm unjust perhaps it's in the nature of our relation can't you understand how i've felt looking on helplessly all these years while you've done for the boy everything i wanted to do for him myself haven't you guessed why i jumped at my first success and nursed my celebrity till i'd got half the fools in europe lining up to be painted his excitement was mastering him again and he went on hurriedly do you suppose i'd have wasted all these precious years over their stupid faces if i hadn't wanted to make my son independent of you and he would have been if the war hadn't come been my own son again and nobody else's leading his own life whatever he chose it to be instead of having to waste his youth in your bank learning how to multiply your millions the futility of this retrospect and the inconsistency of his whole attitude exasperated campton more than anything his visitor could do or say and he stopped embarrassed by the sound of his own words yet seeing no escape save to bury them under more and more but mr brant had opened his lips they'll be his you know the millions he said campton's anger dropped he felt mr brant at last too completely at his mercy he waited for a moment before speaking you tried to buy his portrait once you remember i told you it was not for sale he then said mr brant stood motionless grasping his stick in one hand and stroking his mustache with the other for a while he seemed to be considering campton's words without feeling their sting it was not the money he stammered out at length from the depth of some unutterable plea for understanding then he added i wish you a good morning and walked out with his little stiff steps End of chapter 22